Welcome to episode 20 of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a camera or a microphone since the 1980s. I think of myself as the go-to for all things Little Rock and Arkansas, but I also like learning about other people and what they have to offer. That's why I started a podcast. My guest for this episode is Aline Murray, a health coach in Arkansas who addresses gluten-free living and her weight loss. You'll get to meet right after this. I'm in a real pickle, people. I'm having to decide which chocolate, hear that, I like better from Heights Apothecary and Hemp Co. Heights Apothecary and Hemp Co. is a store in Little Rock, Arkansas that will offer you 20% off your order if you type in Lisa20 at checkout. Now, I've had this Green Roads chocolate that I've loved. It's got 15 milligrams of CBD per piece, and it's dark chocolate. Really good. But then I tried this one, the Buffalo Co. Buffalo Co. hemp-infused dark chocolate. People, it has sea salt. All right. Sorry, Green Roads, uh, RIP to you. But if you've got sea salt, I'm in. And I really like uh, the benefits of it. Now, this is something that, you know, CBD treats anxiety. It can treat um, sleep issues. It can treat, I mean, just so many things. They'll tell you more if you call the store or if you go by, or if you check out their website, I've got the information in the show notes and on my website, lisafishersaid.com. It's Heights Apothecary and Hemp Co. She won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, I love to talk about food and health and all the things. And Aline, you're gonna help us decide if gluten is the right poison for us or not, (laughs) because you're quite the expert on this. Tell me how you gained your expertise in living, I guess you live a gluten-free life, I would assume, correct? Uh, 100%. That's what I yes. thought. That's what yes. I thought. Are you celiac yes. then? Are you in the celiac club? Um, well, I'm not too big on diagnoses. Okay. Um, I'm much better on listening to your body and paying attention. Same girl, same. Okay, then tell me, I guess it was trial and error. I mean, I say that because that's how I assume so many of us start realizing that gluten is not the right, like I said, poison for us. How did you discern that it wasn't right for you? You're listening to your body. Okay, for myself, um, I have had weight struggles my entire life, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. And um, I was doing, when I turned 49, I said, you know, at that point I weighed 223 pounds. And I said, you know, if if I can't lose weight this time, I'm just going to forget it and I'm just going to be fat for the rest of my life. And then I looked on, I was doing everything. I was looking everywhere, trying to figure out what to do because I knew that the regular modalities were not working for me. I'm like, what makes me different? Why is all this things that people are doing to lose weight not working for me? So um, I, I even went to the point of looking at uh, an anorexia support website. And I'm like, how in the world do these people not eat? And you know, they have to be hungry. Yeah, right. And uh, one of the comments that was made, um, and I'll just be pretty graphic here, is um, I'm smarter than an effing cookie. 
And I was just like, whoa, I'm going to turn this into a mind game. Mm -hmm. Because I'm smarter than a cookie. Yeah. Okay. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to put my whole being into this, my whole head, because I know I'm smart and I know I can do this. And so what I did was I started with Weight Watchers. Okay, that wasn't working. But I looked, since I've lost weight, I looked back at my food logs and I, w- I realized that, oh, I see why I wasn't losing any weight. This, this was completely the wrong foods for me. And so um, the carbohydrates that were well within my calorie um, uh, allowances and what, exactly what Weight Watchers was telling me to do what it just wasn't working so um i I sent um well it cut to this other situation in the meantime when i'm trying to lose weight my husband um came down with an autoimmune issue and um the doctor told him he was going to have to be on prednisone for the rest of his life and i said um you're not doing that Mm -hmm. Uh, go back and ask your doctor what else we can do and so he reluctantly went back and asked the doctor and she told him, um, there is another, uh, doctor that I can recommend you to that some of our peers go to, but we don't usually recommend our patients to her. And I was like, well, isn't that priceless? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, it, it turned out that that was a practitioner, a local practitioner, that I was hoping w- I could talk him into going to because I, I figured that she was the only one that could look at it in a, you know, a, a comprehensive way rather than just handing out pills. So it worked out that she was the person, and he actually went to her. She did all the lab work, and uh, it was gluten sensitivity. And he was severely deficient in B12 and some other uh, nutrients. And so I put him on, I mean, I was making my own bread, grinding my own grain, doing sourdough. I mean, I was just like, (laughs) yeah, I had this going with the bread thing. And so I didn't realize I was poisoning him. And uh, then every bite he took, every bite he took, because single bite he took. And if you think about it, for years we've been told to eat, was it nine to 10 whole grains a day? Yeah. You know, healthy some, whole grains. Yeah, yeah, some bogus thing that the government told us to do. And it's been killing children, yeah. grandchildren, yeah. and our aunts it, and uncles. It, it is an absolute travesty mm-hmm. that people don't realize it. It just breaks my heart. Even going to the grocery store breaks my heart. Yeah. When I look in people's buggy and I'm just like, no wonder you feel bad. Uh-huh, no wonder you feel bad. Look what you're doing to yourself. Mm-hmm. Look what mm-hmm. you're doing to your children. I, I so want to visit with you and, and help you leave a legacy of health to your family instead of a legacy of disease and illness and victimhood. You're kind so, of a health evangelist then, right? I, I absolutely am. Because yeah. I've, seen, I've seen too many people get their power back. But they have to break out of this victim mindset. That's my biggest pet peeve right there. Okay, well, let's go back to your husband. Okay. Do you say what his autoimmune condition is? Is it something common uh, it enough? It was called eh, polymyalgia rheumatica. Nope. You, you had to be one of the rare What that means there. is the lining of your arteries are inflamed. But he's had so many, so many issues his whole life. I'm looking back at his childhood, and I'm thinking, you are classic, buddy. You've been classic ever since before I knew you, and we've and been you, married 45 years. 
And by meaning classic, do you mean gluten intolerant? Yeah, cl- classic symptoms. But then since uh, we he went to the other practitioner, she did. Uh, there's been some gene testing done, and he does have the celiac gene. However, oh. he didn't go through all the villus atrophy, blah blah blah, all that um, invasive stuff to figure it out. The because the you don't have to do now. No, right. you, you don't. You don't have, you don't to. have to. Well, so uh, that sweet man you've been married to has been, he's felt bad all of his life. Yeah, he has. Brain fog. Bless uh, his heart. Uh, any number of issues that you're just like, what in the world? When I met him, he was in his early 20s, and I remember that he got sick every single time somebody at work got sick, and he got it twice as bad as they got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because I used to have that, and that was before I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and got my ship righted. Um, I always wondered, like, my kids at age four, someone got strep throat. Well, I I was 40, and I got strep throat. And if they got something, they had a stomach virus. I had it for a week, and they had it for two days. And so I didn't, and, and until my, I could work on my autoimmune attack, Right. But I don't, I, I didn't know that was a thing. I just kept telling doctors, I was like, something's really wrong that if someone gets yeah. the sniffles, I get a full on sinus infection. So do you think yeah. it was just our immune systems are under attack and they, they overreact and then they, the, the this is what I liken it to. The soldiers for the auto, for our autoimmune system are fighting the wrong battle. Well, they, they're so, they're so turned on. Because yeah. they're so assaulted every day, every bite we eat is 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 inflammatory, and it's not just the foods that we eat; it's the toxins that we're exposed to, and the body burden of toxins. It's all the hidden stressors that we're exposed to all the time that we don't even realize are stressors. And I'm not talking about emotional stressors; I'm talking about physical and uh, stressors, even uh, like over exercise or drinking chlorine water, or all the things that, you know, when we take antibiotics, um, sometimes we do need those, but, um, you know, we all know they're over-prescribed, and no one ever addresses the reason that we keep getting sick. I had chronic fever blisters. I had chronic urinary tract infections. Um, Let's see what else. I had chronic uh, keratosis pilaris on the back of my (gasps) arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had. So is that uh, an immune? Is that an immune response? Well, it can be, and it can be like nutrient deficiencies. Okay. Like I would try something like cod liver oil or something like that. Yeah, anything. Yeah, you were desperate. They have it that's really tasty. No, no, they have it that's tasty. Oh, they do. It's fun. Yep. Okay. Well, then let's. So you weighed two and a quarter there. You yep. said over 200 sure pounds. And, and what year was that? Let's get us uh, on our calendar. Oh, here. let's see. I'm thinking. 65 right now and I was 49. Okay. Oh, that's right. You said 49. So 16 yep. years ago, um, we're recording this in 2021. I can't do math, but it's like 2005 maybe. Right. And, and so you were really looking at your husband's health. Yes. And did you did you get him off gluten and then it uh, yes. by osmosis you felt better? Yes, yes, yes. What happened was I wasn't going to give it up. And I was just going <laughs> to have him all gluten free. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, this is too much trouble. I'm just going to, you know, get all gluten free everything and then see what happens." And then um, you know, I'd be off of it for convenience for day after day and then I would go back 
and I would have something with wheat. The very next day, I would weigh three extra pounds. Now, let me tell you, it had taken me three or four weeks to get those three pounds off, and they wouldn't come back off. They stayed on, not like water weight or something. Because I weighed the exact same thing every single day. And I knew it was wheat. I knew it was. So it was the inflammation that wheat provided for your body, right? 100%. 100%. We need to go back and define where gluten is and how it started infiltrating our crops 60, 70 years ago, whatever that was. So gluten is a binder for things for any foods, especially for wheat products, correct? Yeah, glue, think gluten, glue. Oh, gluten is glue. And it provides that same glue effect to our joints. So that's a good term. If I have it, um, I'll notice my my joints will feel a little swollen and inflamed, like glue. Well, do you know, have you, have you um, researched lipopolysaccharides at all? No, but I'm going to. Oh, right. That's a good thing to look at. That's really a good thing to look at. Those are toxins that are in your gut. And when you have leaky gut, those get out into your bloodstream. Okay. And they can go around and attack anything in your body. They are so uninvited. I did not invite them for this body party. Right. So uh, gluten is glue to any wheat products. But what else? I know it's in packaged products, but... What other baked goods would it be in? Anything? Well, let's just get right to it. Yeah. Um, If you um, have followed Dr. Peter Osborne or Dr. Tom O'Brien, let me just tell you a funny story about them. They they were at a conference together um, and they were visiting and one of them related this tale. They said, hey, let's just put up a sign in our waiting room that says, for your first appointment... Remove grains, all grains, and dairy, all dairy, for one month, and come back. Okay, that's your first appointment. <laughs> because so many times people go, go gluten-free and their mm-hmm. symptoms don't go away. There is a type of gluten in every grain. Oh. So when you switch over from wheat to all these gluten-free products, you're not only not getting nutrient-dense foods, which your belly can only hold so much. Every bite that is not nutrient-dense, you're running backwards with your health. Okay, explain that to me then. Okay. So I'm gluten. I'm saying I'm gluten-free, but okay. I'm going to eat a gluten-free substitute. Toast, for instance. For instance, okay? Okay. So that's whatever, 120 calories or whatever. Not that not that calories are the only thing, but you're, that's 120 calories of fluff. So you might as well be eating packing pellets. That would be better for you. All right. Yeah. Pack, I, I was thinking today, need, need a cup of packing pellets. Yep. Okay. So, okay. I, I, I'm following you here. Um, and these gluten-free products then, what are they putting? It has to have a binder. Well, they use maybe tapioca flour or some of the gums or xanthan gum, maybe guar gum. Um, 
And it's not that they're bad. It could be bad because sometimes they feed the uh, bacteria that we really don't need to promote. But it's it's air or, or it's like a it causes a glycemic response. But then you get no benefit from it, and it's calories that are nothing. And you're going back to nutrient density. Absolutely. So if you talk about nutrient density, you can just quit talking about grain free because the, those are, those are the foods with hardly, you know, any nutrition as compared to vegetables and other proteins. Okay. So it's 2005, uh, the internet's plugging along. You're starting to look up some things. And then what was your eureka moment that you realized? I would love to tell you that. Um, I saw Dr. Tom O'Brien did this thing called the Gluten Summit. Now, who is this? uh, He's Dr. Tom O'Brien. He uh, uh, teaches uh, medicine at the Institute for Functional Medicine, goes all over the world. uh, Oh, he's my kind of guy. He's written a bunch of books. Um, I will I'll, I'll put him in the show notes for anybody listening. Anything yeah, he's great. That and Dr. Aline's Peter Osborne. About. Dr. Peter okay. Osborne's another one. He's out of Sugarland, Texas. Great. And he has a, about a jillion uh, videos that are just so awesome. And both of them are, if your symptoms don't go away, keep looking. Okay, that's good advice. But see, this is what happens. People get so discouraged. Then they say, just give me a pill. Well, that's why they... I don't know why all doctors, well, I know why, uh, it's just not practical that in our culture that doctors don't have health coaches associated with their practices. People need encouragement. The people that I encourage, um, we have to go through it step by step. We have to say, okay, what am I going to trade out this for this? What products um, okay, say my food sensitivity lab showed that I've got a problem with dairy and eggs. What kind of mayonnaise am I going to eat? Mm, what yeah. what kind of how do I how do I navigate this? And that's and, your role as a health coach. Yes, and so okay. what? And, and uh, you know, I I know the labs to direct them to. They're all direct labs, and and then I don't diagnose anything. Of course, we just go to support the areas of the body that the labs show up that are. Uh, wait, this is sort of out of balance here. Well, let's just support this. Uh, let me let me help you figure out um, how, how to do that. Okay, so your eureka moment then, tell me about that. Oh, okay, my eureka moment was when I listened to all those speakers from all over the world that he had on that gluten summit, and I think he was one of the very first ones that did a summit, um, I ordered that and I put it all on thumb drives and I sent it out in envelopes to gobs of people and it was such a dang revelation and now I look back at all those people, I'm, those people are gluten free that I sent that to yeah. because, because it answered their questions that they had about their health. And um, Dr. Rodney Ford is another doctor that um, he's a pediatric gastroenterologist and allergist from, um, wow. I think he's from New Zealand. 
Oh, and yes, we, I've we heard actually, of him. Yeah, we actually yeah. had him over here. You might have even been to that. Well, I got I got sick that day. I had, a, uh, I had a real sinus infection. It was like four or five years ago or something in like in October. I remember dates. And uh, a friend of mine went and said, and she, she's the one who came back. The, the reason we're having this episode today, it's because his famous words were, everybody has some type of gluten, meaning well, physically or anybody, physiology. His, his quote is, anybody, any symptom, any time. Meaning gluten, anybody, any symptom. Any time. And that's referencing what gluten does. Yep. It's the effect that it can have on your body. Yeah. But he also intimated, remember I was in there because I was sick at home. <laughs> he also intimated that everybody had some type of gluten sensitivity to they some degree. They absolutely do. They it was foreign. Do. He said because, it was foreign. Yep. Well, even uh, um, Dr. Fasano uh, was one of the doctors on that gluten summit. And I can't tell you. He's head of pediatric something another at some um, hospital. Um, oh, it's at Harvard at Medical Center, I think. Um, I'll, I'll, we can put it in the show notes because okay. he's he's moved around several times, and I didn't check before we talked okay, that's to fine. where he is. Um, Alessandra uh, Fasano is his name. Okay, and I I did pull up the link so we can put that in the show notes. But okay. Um, what what he was saying at that time was he figured out that zonulin was one of the uh, factors that, like in the chain of events. That, I don't even know what that word is. Well, I don't know the exact mechanism, but I know that's what he what he what, found. Spell it. Z o n u l i n zonulin. All right. Okay. Put that in the show notes. So right. that is a like a chain reaction thing that gluten causes that causes leaky gut and what? Oh, leaky, it's like a metabolic process. Then. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. And what? And, and I'm sure your listeners know what leaky gut is, but that's where the hmm. cells, um, the spaces between the cells that are supposed to allow the broken down nutrients to get into the bloodstream, the spaces are too large, so the elements of the food that we eat get through into the bloodstream before they're all the way broken down. And so the body recognizes that as an invader because it, it's never seen it. It's like, what in the, what is that? And so it goes to attack it and referencing what you were talking about earlier with autoimmune, um, it's get, it attacks it again and again and again and again. And then it puts the body on sort of like immune overdrive right so it attacks not only those proteins that are coming in but then it gets mixed up and it attacks you so that right there is the absolute beginning or a big big factor in every single autoimmune disease that has ever been found or the beginning one yeah they cannot the beginning of the end yeah Yeah. okay that's right um are children then affected since they're young and they're Guts have Every person well. is affected every single time they eat it. Now, the oh. gut can heal. The gut, the mucosal um, uh, surfaces heal faster than any of the other surfaces in the body. So, okay, it damages it, it heals. It damages it, it heals. Three okay. times a day, four times a day, five times a day. However, at some point, 
You might be sick. You might have other stressors going on. And the body's like, or you might have like a bacterial overgrowth of some sort that's eating into the lining of your uh, mucosal, uh, you know, your digestive system. And then it can't heal. Then that's the beginning of the breakdown. So at some point, I mean, when I start helping people, that's where we start is the gut. Every single, every single. all disease begins in the gut. And that is Fasano's last paper that he has, that he has published that I, we will also put in the. Okay. Show notes. Okay. Every disease. And he has found that he has done the research and every single disease begins in the gut. It's a 2000 year old axiom by, you know, one of the most famous physicians, right? Hippocrates. Okay. Well, let's go back to, um, your aha moment. You're, you're on the internet. You're starting to find out something you 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 are unlocking. You have the key in your hand. You're turning it. What, what was your weight loss like? And then what was, what were your health benefits like of getting off gluten? Well, I just saw all my symptoms going away. And, and like, what were what were your symptoms? Like, did you know there were symptoms or you just thought this is the way you feel at 49? Well, if I'd had urinary tract infections my whole life and I'd taken yeah. a jillion antibiotics over the time and I was told what, what I did was I got, I, I, were, I was just, I was sick of going to doctors and getting these antibiotics over and over. And I'm like, there is some reason I'm getting this. So I would, uh, found a functional uh, practitioner online and I worked with him and he told me that um, when you heal one mucosal lining, you heal all your mucosal linings. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. So guess what? My urinary tract infections all went away when I healed my gut. So you had to heal your gut before I guess getting off the gluten was part of the gut healing process. Absolutely was. And that, uh, when you're eating those processed things, like all that gluten-free stuff and grains, you're feeding the bacteria, uh, that are the ones that, that we don't want overgrowth in. That's their favorite food. Like a good friend of mine had C. diff and, uh, the doctor's telling her to eat rice and crackers and guess what is the favorite food of C. diff? Rice Are you and crackers. <gasps> yeah. But that was the brat diet. Remember the bananas, yeah. rice, applesauce, yeah. and yeah. toast? That, yeah. that, and C. diff is a terrible, terrible illness oh, that you see. And she, my friend was terrified. She was one of the very first people in the country to have a fecal transplant. She actually traveled to, and uh, I think, they work. Uh, Minnesota uh, uh, overnight. That's overnight. what I've heard. So I just want to define for people listening, going, what are these words? C. diff is often in nursing homes. And uh, my son-in-law, who's a physician assistant, said when he was in PA school, they knew when so- someone on the floor had C. diff because they could smell it. I mean, I yeah. hate to it's have horrible. this conversation. It's yes, horrible. but it's also a result of antibiotics. And some people who have to have chronic conditions, um, antibiotics, and it's a diarrhea it's unlike anything. It's horrible. It, any, it's yeah, horrible. Any, and it, you don't have a question as to whether or not you've seen it. And it's and deadly. It lasts a, yeah, and it, it's that's deadly. right. It's deadly. It's yeah, very nursing, hard to cure. That's right. And so um, you, you have it chronic. I mean, it's a chronic condition. Unless you get your gut bacteria right. Wow. And stop so, feeding it. Yes. Yeah, so again, 
they're doing the, the rice and the crackers. <laughs> oh my gosh. The things that we were told all that time. So you were starting to heal your gut. You were starting to remove gluten. Did you miss, I mean, come on, Aline, do you miss a little pasta or a piece of French bread now and again? No. I don't even think it doesn't enter my mind because I love feeling good. I started white water paddling at 57. That is so cute. That is so cute. I am not playing around here. I've got a lot of living left to do. (laughs) Right. Me too. And then how much weight did you lose? 70. Wow. And I've held it off all this time. Wow. I may, I may be stronger now than I was when I was younger. I'm 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 really a powerful kind of a, a person. <laughs> well, I am seeing, and I just spoke with a girl that uh, on my podcast, and we talked to, because I my, I'm into my fourth year of intermittent fasting. It just works Yay, well with my life. I do that. Yep. Yeah, it changed my life. Totally changed my life. But when I was explaining to her um, that. Even so, my diet then, not to bore you with this, but just to let you know, I understand. I love this stuff. The obesogens that are in the foods that you often get in a drive-thru, it's not worth it for me. I just, Mm -mm. if if I, if I, sometimes I have one meal a day, it just depends what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not going to waste it on crap. So I'm going to try to eat higher quality foods and really fruits and vegetables are at the top of the, the playing card that I have here, but I was trying to explain to her about obesogens and that even the person who does have a certain caloric intake of 1200 calories a day, I don't recommend it. Yeah. I don't recommend that because you're starving your body, but whatever you do, you do you. But I said, even if you're doing that and you're having obesogens, that's why someone will say, well, I'm still two ton Tessie. Because it affects your hormones. Right. And your body right. is under stress, and then your body is your, tells your body to store fat. When right. your insulin is up, your body says, store fat, store fat, danger, danger, danger. Yeah, totally so, danger. So that's a hormone, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of other hormones uh, that could be disrupted, like sleep. You cannot be healthy with a disrupted circadian rhythm. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. I, and and by I saying that, do you mean we have to get, we need at least seven hours of no, good rest sleep? Just, no, it's not just the amount of sleep. It's when you get the sleep. Uh, it's been found that for every hour of sleep you get before midnight, it's worth two hours in restorative value for each hour after midnight. Then how, our bodies really know when it's midnight? You got it. Wow. It goes by the sun. We are yeah. we are diurnal people. We right. always have been. And we mm-hmm. can't deny that part of our genetics. We can't. Um, well, I was a night owl. I love staying up late. Uh, but when I did a cortisol lab to see mm-hmm. what was going on, I saw that I had adrenal problems. And um, one of the first things you do when you have that is to get your circadian rhythm right. And when you find out all the other cascade that goes with uh, circadian rhythm disruption, you can't deny it. And so I'm like, okay, here, I'm going to try this. So I tried an experiment and um, I was always waking up. I got eight hours of sleep every night. I went to bed at midnight and I got up at eight. But when wow. I woke up, I was groggy. Oh, I mean groggy. I was just, I, I was groggy. And I couldn't, eat. I lost two hours every day 
trying to wake up. And so then I started, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to be in complete pitch dark. I'm going to wear blue blocking glasses in the evening. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And um, I'm going to get my head down on that dang pillow at 9 p.m. I was like, I'm just going to try this. Wow. I woke up at like 5 or 6, bam, just, okay, ready for the day. And I, I was like, this is a dying miracle. You could never have convinced me that this was right. So do you think going to bed at midnight affected your weight? Yes, of course, because it's a stressor. It's crazy. It messes That's crazy. up your circadian rhythm. So shift workers are just screwed. They are. It's a, it's a slow train to death. It, it would have to be because think of if your cortisol levels um, and your adrenals are confused and that stresses the heart and the liver. Everything. I mean, everything. everything. Yeah, everything. And your I brain, know. I think I've, I think I read that your brain, when you're asleep, it shrinks by something crazy like 60% or something to uh, drain it through the glymphatic system. And so um, I even incorporate um, a vibration plate and lymphatic massages uh, to my health regimen. Because yeah, those lymphatic massages are legit. And they, I know the vibration is plate is too, but they're, I mean, I think those are pricey. But if are. you can get a lymphatic massage, they say once a month, that it's does dream so land. much. It, it yeah. absolutely does. That, and in fact, the therapist can even tell if your head is heavy when they, when what? you first. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then they get it to drain in and then it, it, the, the lymph system is what cleans your brain. So what time do you go to bed these days? Um, at 10. You do try to have the lights out at 10. Yep. And then you're up at 5, I guess? Um, yeah. Or if six. I lay there a while, 6. You know, yeah. but, but I wake up and I'm ready to go. I'm not groggy at all. Yeah. But then so, if I go to bed at 11 or 12, by chance, I'm waking up at 8 and I'm moping around here for two hours. That is so interesting. I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, uh, so for years, I used to be on the radio and I would have to get up at 3.45 or 4. And my nurse practitioner would say, this is fine and good. But she said, your body's mad at you. She said, because you're like a shift worker. So yeah, it's going to catch she, up with you. Mm -hmm, she's, I had an assignment because, you know, when you... It's hard raising kids and you mm. go to bed before they do. Mm. So she, my assignment was if I got up at 345, I had, I was supposed to go to bed at 745. Yep. And so I would have to wear the mask, the earplugs. Yep. And I think I did melatonin or something yep. to get me started. But I remember that was like my job. And so everyone knew not to invite me to do anything because I'd go, I'm sorry, I, I have to, someone has to read Goodnight Moon to me and, <laughs> and rock me to bed so I can go to sleep at night. And I did it. And you know what? It helps so, it, so much. So, it, but I'm telling you, it's a, it's hard. It is really hard. And you have to just have a, a, a commitment. But, but when you think about what you're giving up, if you don't break away from our cultural norms and make your own plan, and you're an individual with thoughts, and you pay attention to your body, and you're not buying into what our culture uh, pushes, uh, look around at everybody else and ask, do you know one person without a chronic health problem? Ask yourself that. Yeah. 
And and did did our parents or grandparents know? No, and we and like maybe our grandparents didn't live in the age of toxins, but I can tell you, my yeah. mom drank uh, Tab and right. um, all those diet drinks constantly, like mm-hmm. a, like a six pack a day constantly, Ooh. and yeah, and uh, I mean. We, we we weren't exposed to those things before that generation. We weren't exposed to instant food, everything mm-hmm. processed, and as just a cultural way of life because we require so much out of our time and we don't stop and think, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are the trade-offs here? And what what do I value the most and where am I going to prioritize here? Um, am I going to run from morning to night every single day so that I can... Um, have that extra money to buy nice clothes. Well, wear clothes from dang Goodwill and spend your time <laughs> doing your health. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so, what what's a typical day like for you with food intake? If bread is never an option, never or pasta, never. Right. Never, never. Right. Well, for bread or pasta, um, the a great option would be spaghetti, uh, spaghetti squash. Yeah. Or uh, noodles made out of zucchini, something right. like that. Right. Or there's konjac noodles that are even better for low carb and to be filling. And they're really there's they're kind of tasteless, but they're um, they're horrible. Are well, those the ones that smell like off. fish? Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, now, I'm rinse them off and stick some like um, Primal Kitchen um, Alfredo sauce on there, or okay. some Ooh. make it stir them into really like a, a stir fry with a Thai curry paste in there, something okay. like that. But you're yeah. gonna have to rinse them off first. Yeah, it smells like a toilet bowl water from the sea. It's bad. Did you rinse them off? Uh huh. It's it's a shocker. Um, okay, so for bread, so in the morning, I'm just having either coffee or chai tea right. with um, a creamer that is like very very low calorie, and it does have some of those gums in there uh, because I love that creamy texture. And then I also but, either put MCT oil or butter in there, and you know whiz it up. And so that's that doesn't bother you the the. Fillers and that doesn't seem to, but some people okay. it's just de- is just devastating. So they are have you, to be careful. Are you dairy intolerant? Um, I really just don't have dairy. Um, I, I was having it a while. My my daughter started doing keto, so I was doing keto with her. And then every time I would go over, she would have some sort of dairy. And I'm like, ah, I'll just stick cream in my coffee and see what happens. Blah blah blah. Oh my my joints started aching. And I'm like, oh, where is this coming from? I've never had this before in my life. Uh, I will not tolerate this. Out came the dairy and the joint that, pain. Went that away. was it. I tell you what I'm hooked on is this oat milk. And there's one that's a cream, like it says creamy. <laughs> one, they're full fat. It is delicious. And I can put it in my, my daughter um, got me some matcha tea at Christmas. I used to think yeah. it tasted like dirt. But if you put a little um, in there, yep. And cardamom, which is a spice oh, from yum, yes. that Indian food uses, um, it made it better. But uh, I really have enjoyed the oat milk, if you want to try that, because just trying to stay off dairy. Well, the oat, for the oats, that's another grain. Yeah. Um, and what was happening with me was I was going back, staying well within my calories, and eating a handful of homemade granola every two hours when my blood sugar would drop again. 
So you have to pay attention to the glycemic load of things when, you, um, when you're doing all this so that your insulin doesn't go up in response and then it tell your body to store the fat. So did you revert, did your husband's autoimmune condition reverse? Yes. And did you have any autoimmune conditions that you were dealing with? Like everyone's thyroid's broken. Is your thyroid okay? No, my adrenals were messed up and uh, that the chronic bladder infections could have been um, autoimmune. Uh, The chronic canker sores and fever blisters that could have been some sort of autoimmune something another i just never got all those labs um to get an actual diagnosis however all that stuff just gradually went away went away went away and i'm like hey look at this i haven't had that in a long long time well, and what you're saying too is people think the road to good health means a bunch of lab tests, a bunch of doctor visits. You can do this at home for free. You can. You can get you more can targeted s- if you know the right labs to take. But what I found, um, you know, by and large, um, the labs that you get, like at the doctor's office, the answer is going to be what pill do you take for that? Right. We don't want to do that. And so I'm going to go deeper than that and go, you know, well, what the doctor kept telling my husband was, you have inflammation, but we don't know where it's coming from. And I'm like, what? Uh, and you're not willing to figure it out? Well, tell you what, I'll figure it out. Well, he doesn't have time, right? No, no. They, the doctor I has... They, I think they get 15 minutes. Is it 15? I was thinking it was about 10 minutes. Yeah, could And be. then somebody's over there going, chop, chop, Mr. You know, move yep. on to the next That's one. That's right. So, yes, they so are. I hate it. It it's it is really the structure of it's a um, system set up set up for is. death. It is. It is, and it because it's easier for them to give you a pill than to go. Let's think about this. So, um, how quickly then did your symptoms resolve removing gluten? Oh, I can't say all at once, but just over a few months, it just kept. You know, I'm like, hey, I haven't had a urinary tract infection in a while. You have them that often? Yeah, like five times a year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so no telling how many rounds of sulfa I have had in my life. And here's another thing. I realized that when I drank coffee, it made me have bladder spasms. I thought it was... Um, urinary tract infections because it felt exactly the same. And what I'm thinking now is, I drink coffee just fine now. What I'm thinking was the lining of my bladder was so disrupted that the acid coffee caused it to spasm. And that went away too. Okay, so, oh wow, I'm trying to think which came first, the chicken or the egg. Your bladder issues, were they from the leaky gut and eating the gluten and then did they in turn cause the bladder to spasm uh could be it could be we don't know yeah but we know that leaky gut is the first step does everybody have a leaky gut pretty much yeah if every they've time ever they had eat, well every time they eat bread it, if their gut oh. did not repair then it's still leaky and, and we lump this in people who, a woman who's ever been on birth control pills, a person who's ever taken an antibiotic, which is the whole planet. It, it, yeah. So that starts us on our path to leaky gut, correct? 
Yep. And then what we ingest, the foods we eat. Yep. And our emotions. Because our emotions affect the balance of our bacteria in our gut. That's insane. Then how do we, okay, how do we treat that? Do you have time to do therapy too? When I... (laughs) When I help people, we go by uh, the DRESS protocol, D-R-E-S-S. And so that is going to be diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and if supplements are warranted, then I can point out some that might work for them and, you know, they get to decide if they want to do that or not. So not everyone needs to take supplements? Well, I would say that I would not have the health that I have right now if I didn't take them because I found through my testing that I had the MTHFR polymorphism. So um, I'm homozygous. So uh, we can't uh, process folic acid, only folate. And so folic acid is a synthetic form and folate is the natural form. And uh, then there's the B12 that um, just the cyano, cyanocobalamin, um, that's going to be toxic for us. And from what I read, about 40% of the population has this uh, one or the other. There are two significant um, polymorphisms with the MTHFR. And so... Um, uh, my husband has the opposite ones that I have. The, there's a C677T and then another one. I can't think of all that. But so does anyway. that mean your kids carry yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. My daughter has one of one and one of the other. So has she had many miscarriages and problems like no, that? No, um, she she has not, but she's been pretty careful. She's had uh, ever since, mm, I don't know how long she was married before she went 100% gluten-free, but um, she had cystic acne and boils when she was younger. And there was some, some other things that were pretty classic in, um, that are uh, gut issues. And so... And, and- and hers was all, you think gluten had a lot to do with Yeah. She, she, would, she had to switch over her uh, body care products and shampoos. If she accidentally gets some shampoo or conditioner or something with wheat in it, him, here comes back the acne. Wait, there's wheat in some of our topical products? Yes. That's a trick bag. Yeah. And when she, her kids were young, they made, you know, homemade um, Play-Doh. And yeah. one of the recipes is wheat and something else. And mm-hmm. see, they were gluten-free at that time. But she thought, oh, well, I'll just use the wheat for the, you know, not ingest it, but just, you know, make the Play-Doh out of it. It galled the hands of all of her kids that oh, used word. it. They were just blood red where it had touched it. So, and that doesn't mean she's necessarily, I mean, the celiac population is low. The wheat and gluten sensitivity population is high, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But- it, it, I guess to treat yourself, because we found out here, my husband started, his gut is fine, but girl, if he has even a crumb of gluten, yep. he starts clearing his throat. Yep. <clears> throat> yep. That's my best friend. Yep. That's oh my best my friend. Oh my gosh. And so people have said, to, he, we did the math. I mean, if he had a burger, if he had, he, that's why he, he quit drinking attention. beer years yep. ago because- yep. 
it would then he would kind of have a headache and he did kind of have to drink Pepto-Bismol, but yeah. we don't talk about bathroom habits. So yeah. Yeah. I really didn't know much, but he, so he figured out. So people always say, oh, you must be celiac. And he'd say, they'd say, why don't you get tested? He said, why would I? I can't have the gluten. <laughs> I mean, right. it doesn't matter at that point, but if you yeah. want to get tested and do all that. But so that's another thing. My uh, Dr. Budaraja, who is a GI doc here in Little Rock, yeah. said it's a common thing for nasopharyngeal issues yes, my, to be my, a part of gluten. Yeah. My best friend, um, we, I, I, I tried to talk to her over and over about this. She had um, psoriasis since she was a little kid, and now oh, it's wow. gone into her joints. Um, <gasps> she also had... Um, well, she was taking shingles medication, and oh she gosh. was taking it every single day. And if she didn't take it every single day, she would have shingle pop-outs. I'm like, you are on fire, little lady. We've got to get that fire put out. Let's get, you know, let's do um, a food sensitivity lab. Let's figure this out. And so she watched me go through the, my process and, and then, you know, years of trial and error. And then she said, okay, I'm ready. Okay, fix me up. And so we went through the process, and her hardest thing was giving up dairy. Okay, so we do ultralight backpacking. So we were gone uh, for two or three nights out in North Arkansas, and she hadn't had dairy. And I'm like, you know what? You haven't coughed, choked, cleared your throat or anything for three days. She said, okay, 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 I believe you. Wow. So on the way home, we stopped at Cracker Barrel, and uh, I'm like, there is nothing in there I'm going to eat. And so um, she so went and she said- So what do you do in those situations? Aline, do you just, do you sit there and drink in, water? I stayed in the dang van and took a nap is what I did. because <laughs> we. Had- <laughs> and so she comes back, and she starts coughing and choking. I'm like- Please tell dairy. me you did not have dairy in there. Yeah. She's like, I wanted a grilled chicken sandwich, and I forgot to tell him to not put cheese on there. And I tried to rake most of it off, and I said, and so the few crumbs of cheese that you had caused you to have that reaction. Now, do you believe me? Yeah. It's like they think you get a commission <laughs> for well, every time you get a conversion. Just, You're like, I, I don't care if you don't want to feel better. I'm just telling you yeah, how to feel better. That, that's exactly right. I'm telling you <laughs> the things to try first. Like, kick the biggest rocks out of the road at the beginning, yeah. and then we can fine tune it later. But the easiest things are seemingly the hardest because we're so addicted to the foods that we eat with the dairy and the grain stimulating the opioid receptors in our brain because they make you feel good for a minute Absolutely. right gives you a high yeah yeah now so what do you do for a dessert well right now i'm just doing oh, oh over christmas i made cheesecake i had dairy uh, my two grandsons came over and we made um cheesecake with gluten-free um graham cracker crust right. mm-hmm. and uh there was cream you know like a ton of cream cheese and eggs and yeah. stuff in it and i'm not going to eat that every day but i had it that day and i didn't really have a bad reaction i'm i, I was kind of brain foggy but did um, you I'm, do do you do enzymes then prophylactically yeah. um i do take enzymes um just because when you get older you produce less enzymes and so uh, oh. I want my food to be digested properly. So yeah. uh, 
you know, I do, I do that. And so for that dessert, I had that. Um, right now at night, before I go to bed, if I'm kind of hungry-ish and I'm just eating one meal a day, I might have like a scoop of flax seed and a scoop of chia seeds and some stevia and stir that up with maybe some um, canned coconut cream or something like that. And Ooh, living on the edge there. <laughs> <laughs> living on the edge. <laughs> I might have a can of oysters. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Simmer down there, Aline. Oh. My goodness. Um, okay, so what do you think about um, legumes, like peanut butter? <laughs> well, peanut butter is commonly moldy. And so... And it's delicious. Yeah, I know it is heavenly. <laughs> um, but you can eat um, the... I would just do my research on that and find the brands that are guaranteed mold-free, especially if people with candida and other kind of moldish problems, um, that seems to flare it off because, um, you know, they st- it's them storing the peanuts and they get moldy and they don't pick up, pick up, you know, separate out the moldy ones. You have ruined 2021 for every listener. <laughs> There's nothing left to eat. Okay, Meat so tell me about vegetables. your tips. Meat and vegetables. Okay. What do you do for protein then? Because I have to have um, protein. We have cattle and okay. um, we have grass-fed beef and we provide them with really high quality forage at all times. And so um, the meat is like insanely tasty. And so I eat beef probably every day. And if I if I switch off to something, I, I need a high purine. I, over the course of of uh, the thing, my process, my journey, I found that I do better with high purine meats. So, and what, what is that word? I, I don't, purine, P U R I N E, purine. Like Purina. Yeah, purine. Like the dog. And so food. that would be okay. organ, organ meats or dark meats. Or wild okay. meats. I've been reading about it. Organ meats are so yep, good for you. You better eat that. Or there are capsules of desiccated what, organ meats and stuff like that. What do you that. think about that? Like, would I have yeah, to hold my fine. nose to do to, to, it? No, 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 no. Okay. If they're in a capsule, they're fine. They're fine. Okay. In fact, I had my best friend on that because she, she barely eats meat at all, uh, but she does. Um, she mostly likes fish or chicken breast or something like that. I'm like, you got to eat some organ meat. So she's taking the, actually the capsules. I'm like, there's, and she's taking, I think, um, cod liver oil. There are nutrients in that, that you just really don't get from other stuff. So Um, I've read a lot about the walls protocol, which of course, as you know, that can diminish. I heard about her maybe five years or more ago and she was kind of, you know, not marketed at that point. And, uh, she just, come on the scene and did her TED talk and all that and um and I'm like oh my gosh somebody needs to get a hold of you and get your word out yeah no it's amazing but her one of her things so I did it because I've had some some neuropathy yeah and you you tell your my uh the guy that takes care of my thyroid he said well you know that makes me nervous I start thinking uh MS yeah some other things so I thought you know what I'll just do the walls protocol yeah it's tough. The only thing I could, it's hard to get in nine cups of yep, dark leafy greens yep, every day, but yep. you, you can do it. I mean, you can get creative. But the one thing that I would lack, and I don't have MS, I actually have carpal tunnel syndrome because I've had a lot of birthdays. I'm a female and I have thyroid disease. Okay. So for that, I would yeah. um, research proteolytic enzymes. Okay. Yes. That's okay. protein I, I, eating enzymes. 
Okay. Okay. Just look that I'll up and that. you'll find out information on that. Well, anyway, all this to say the lost protocol, uh, the one thing that I never could get in my diet is the organ meats. And so I heard a podcaster say the other day, he said they can come in capsule form. Yep. And, and he said, it's really the most important nutrient of it's, your it, entire diet. It is beyond, beyond that. That's the two things that are like the power foods of all times are oysters and liver. So where do you, uh, is there a, a line of supplements you recommend for the liver and the um, organ meats? There's one that my friend was telling me about, but I can't think of that one. Uh, Vital Proteins has um, really good collagen and um, beef uh, capsules. Okay. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Man, you are chock full of, uh, of information here today. And just to go back... When did you get your degree? Because you, you're a health coach, right? Right. Or I really don't have doctors. any degree at all. Um, I went to, I did some training with uh, functional diagnostic nutrition. Um, Reed Davis put that program together uh, for health coaches so that we would have access to lab work. And so um, we have this enormous, after you go through the course, you have an enormous base of other practitioners who all specialize in different things uh, because of their life experience. And they're like, some of them are MDs, some of them are dentists, some of them are um, dietitians, some of them are nutritionists like this, some of them are chiropractors, some of them are nothing like me, except for people that are passionate about giving people their power back. And so, you know, I don't, like diagnose anything and I don't right. treat anything. We just figure out what's off. And, and when did you do this? At what time um, of your journey? Maybe about three years ago, something like that. So you were in your sixties. Yep. That is so encouraging. But see, I was, I was referring people out. Oh, go see this one. Go see that one. Yeah. You know, the, the, the practitioners that actually know, know about this. And then I'm, I'm like, well, what am I? Chopped liver? I can learn this. So um, I just uh, did the training and uh, now, and, and really most of it is not the lab work. Most of it is being there for people that really want to change, but can't figure out how to work it into their life. And so they don't know about the sleep and they don't know what to do about their sleep. They don't know about um, that. If you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning, every single morning, huh. that could be parasites or that could be a little oh. problem. And so we, we, we can suggest lab work to just say, hey, what does the lab say? But everyone needs to dress. That means diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation yeah. if, if needed. So that's the that's, basics. That's the, and, and you can run 100 labs. And you can look at those labs and you can say, oh, this is a problem, that's a problem, this is a problem, that's a problem. But it's all going to be fixed by the DRESS. Well, you are absolutely adorable and so encouraging. And I am this close. My fingers are tiny, you know, hardly even afar. I'm this close to thinking I might sign up and do the integrative health coaching school. Because <laughs> you, you would like it. The, the support is phenomenal. My daughter's 22 and just started it a week ago. Like, I, and I've said, if I weren't this age, I would do it. Nah. I'm, I'm, I might do it. Like, what I are you going to do? do? Drop dead any minute? No. Right. No, I don't have time. I'm busy. That's right. I don't have time to die. Hey, and you're fabulous. This was great. Come back and see me sometime. I mean, let's 
Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes. The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by the Clanton Boys at clantoncreative.com. For more information, go to the show notes and they can produce a podcast for you and make you podcast famous. Mm-hmm.